the church. And as this body, it is our responsibility to continue the ministry of Jesus every day in the world we live in. That is why it is so important to give into the kingdom, to give into the kingdom of God, to support the work of the ministry, because we as the body of Christ have a job to do, to bring the light of Christ to a dark, dying world. Amen. So when, when you give, now that your gift is going forth to, forth to advance the kingdom, it's going into the kingdom of Christ, into the ministry when we give. The kingdom of God, Jesus says in Matthew 19 verse 21, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Amen. Let us pray, please. Lord, today we bring our gifts to, to your house to sow into your kingdom. We believe that you will use this gift to reach the lost and help preach the gospel to those in need. Amen.
Hallelujah. Make full proof of your calling. Fulfill your ministry. The funny thing about ministry is that many people start off nice, but they're unable to fulfill it. Amen. But I declare over your life that you will fulfill your ministry. Amen. Most people start off on fire. Most people start off with zeal, but unable to run to the end. But you will run to the end in Jesus' mighty name. You will not get tired. Like they said, you will not make excuses of your marriage. You will not make any excuses, but you will fulfill whatever assignment that God has given you. I declare over your life that you will fulfill it in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You will not be like the missionary. There was a story... Uh, of a missionary, I forgot his name, uh, good man of God that was sent to Africa to go and preach the gospel, to go and minister the word of God. And when he went to Africa to go and preach and to go and minister, 
It's like nothing was happening for him there. It's like everything was just falling apart. It's like the God, it's like God left him to the point where he lost his house, he lost the church, he lost his ministry, and to the point where he started to drink alcohol. Hey! Imagine that day, a missionary left his country to go to another country. And because it never worked out in that country, he started to drink alcohol. Hey! It's serious, yeah? So there comes a time in your life where you get tired. Where it seems like the work that you win, it's in vain. It seems like the labor and all the toil that you're doing, it seems like it's useless. So you might say like the missionary, let me go have a top. Hey! Let me go and drink because it seems like I'm wasting my time. It seems like I'm not doing this thing right. But in his missionary field, he managed when he was out there on the streets preaching, he managed to convert one boy. One young boy, he managed to convert. So his sister, sorry, his daughters were looking for him because she had not seen her father for years. She had not spoken to him. She doesn't know where he is. And then somebody says, your father is on the corner. He's a drunkard. So she went and she went in search for him. They gave the location. She gets to the house and she sees her father. And she says, Daddy, I came to take you home. He says, for what? Look what has happened to my life. My life is a waste. God left me. God abandoned me. God is no more with me. Look at my life. I left my family. I left my wife. I left my children to come and preach his word. But look at me now. I'm a failure. What good has come out of my life? And the daughter said, there is one good thing that came out of your life. There was that one boy, one boy you preached to. He gave his heart to the Lord. That one boy got a mega church. That one boy is winning thousands and thousands and thousands of people to the Lord. If you never ministered to that one boy, the other thousands would not have been saved. The other thousands would have not received Christ. So don't disqualify yourself. Don't tell yourself because of A and B and C, God can't use me. Hey, God can still use you. As long as you have life in you. Hey, I feel the anointing of God. As long as you have life in you. As long as the blood of Jesus is still covering you. As long as there's life in your bones, you can talk, you can walk, you can preach. Go and fulfill your ministry. Amen. Before the time is done. Before it's too late where you can't do nothing. Amen. The Bible says do the works of God while it is still day. Because when night comes, no one is able to work. No one go be a savior to somebody, go and reach somebody, preach to somebody, love on somebody, tell somebody about Jesus Christ, fulfill your ministry. Let me tell you, some of you, I'm telling you now, some of you, the, because of the call of God on your life, kid you not, because of the call of God on your life, you will try and do everything in your power. Some of you will even try and look for work, but nothing. You might even work. It's fine. You might even work. When you get on the job, you might feel like you're incomplete. 
You might feel like something is missing from you. You might feel like something is, is not right. I, I shouldn't be here working and toiling like this. I need to go and preach somewhere. I need to go and tell somebody. I need to go and save somebody. Hey! That's how I was. I was at work. And while working, I'm like, hey, this job is only me down. I need to go tell somebody. I had like a fire burning inside of me. But I had to submit because my family, <laughs> they needed me. I'm like, no, ask my wife many times. I feel like I'm wasting my time here. Because there was something in me, Zama, that was pulling me, drawing me. It's like something was tearing me from the inside and saying, woe unto you, Alistair, if you don't preach Christ. And some of you have that same grace on your life. Woe unto you if you don't preach Christ. Woe unto you if you don't minister the gospel. It feels like something is missing from your life. Fulfill your ministry before the time is done. Before the time is done. If there's any excuse that you ever written, or any excuse that you ever have, cancel, take that paper and squash it. And say, hey! Yeah, squash it, Jalen. Squash it, Nicola. Hey! No more excuses! No more ex- Look at your name and say, no more excuses! My man will not be my excuse. My friends will not be my excuse. Money will not be my excuse. I'm going to fulfill my ministry. Hallelujah. I see you fulfilling your ministry. Whatever your assignment is, I declare in the name of Jesus that God will give you the grace to fulfill it in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, very quickly, amen, I want to call Elizabeth. She said that she would love to testify. Let's give Elizabeth a hand as she comes. God is good, amen. Um, yo, yesterday I was like spring cleaning and stuff at home. Anyway, I'd done my hair, everything. And uh, I think it was in the e, like towards the evening, I'm walking up the stairs. Lord Jesus and my neighbors are like, come here, we want to ask you something. So I'm like, okay. You know when God has a calling on your life and people don't, don't, you know, sometimes when I'm coming from church and I think I'm walking up the stairs, the presence go before me that they even shut the door in my face, you know. And they were talking about the church, they were talking about Pastor Alistair and all, and I'm just holding my head, I'm like, oh my God, right now I don't need this, you know, because I was so tired, and I'm, oh God, why, you know, and uh, I know, I know that I know that I know for sure there's a calling on my life, because I was always different from young child, I knew God from small, because my mother gave, when my mother gave birth to me, they took me away from my mother at birth because she had a mental ill problem. And I knew that God wanted to use me from small because I used to pray for my friends. I used to sit by myself and talk to God. But only when I was a teenager, then I started doing nonsense. But God always brought me back. He always brought me back. You know, and I know that I know that I know that at this, I, I used to go to another church on the bluff, but I know that God has brought me here because first, Elisa, before I came here, I had a dream about this church. I had a dream about Pastor Elisa standing in the front and preaching. And I'm like, God, 
Why? I don't understand what you're saying to me. Just show me what you're saying. And he gave me another dream about Pastor Alistair dreaming. And I also had a dream about Pastor Deline. She had a black dress on and she was standing. The water was over her head. And I'm like, Lord, I know that I know that I know that I have to be here. You know, and I know you have a calling on my life. And right now that God wants to use me. The people in the world are making it so difficult for me because they're like, why do you go to church a whole week, a whole week you in church? <laughs> so I'm like, I just want to thank God, you know. Amen. Hallelujah. May the Lord bring you back in Jesus' name. Amen. For two seconds, just burst out praying in tongues. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you. Kalabrosa kataya lamande lebre kata rikete kete kataya lamando saprande lebele kapa rakataya lamanki panda lamando siprande leme keteya libra katunda kataya libria kaparanda laba keteya. Ya kaparunda la maki paratu rikete kete kataya la branda la maki paranda la baya ya baba kaparunde lebe kete katunda la brande leme kata ya paranda la maki paranda la maki dia come on intensify your prayer kaparatu sa kaparanda rikete kete kataya rakaparande lebe kaparanda la balaba riki paranda la maki panda la masantarande lebe kataya ya kapar Ratusa prande lebe kapaya rikata yandala makaparunda la makiti kata rikesa kata yandala balebelebe kapaya. The Bible says that when we speak in an unknown tongue, we edify ourselves. Rakaparunda la mankiti rakapanda la kunde de kipanda lubra ande rivanda lusi branda lunkitiya rakata yalapande yasumbra anda rivatusa prande. Ripa kaparanda la mankete kata rekeja paranka panda la ma rekete ya paradusa kataya. Come and pray and declare to yourself. Say to the Lord, I will not be hindered anymore. Kaparata kata. Any area of my life where I feel hindered, where I feel that there is a blockage, where I feel that I'm not progressing. Any area of my life where I feel that there is no move. My spiritual life, my financial life, I declare in the name of Jesus, may the wells of the Spirit, and may the wind of the Spirit blow in your direction, ah, and bring about a fire on the inside of you. And break every hindering spirit. 
Kebra anta Libra akundele kata Raka parandele mekataya And in every hindering power Rapato Every principality Bra aloja fanda Rikeja parunda la ketea We bind and we rebuke King Kivan kolunde Rakanzonte yalapande Rikasanda la kumbra andele kataya Rikatanka solte kete Rakafaratole kete kata that seeks to hinder your progress. We pine and we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I see you moving forward. Every string tied around your leg uh, as a ploy to hold you back uh, as a ploy to pull you back uh, we break it now in the name of Jesus Spirit of the living God we pray that you would have your way Spirit of God I pray that your glory will manifest uh, in the name of Jesus Parandele konda la maye rika paradu sata. Evarate Ravandule Meketikata Arivandele Kumbarate Raparute Ketekata. I pray for some of you spiritual lives uh, that your spiritual life will catch the fire of God, uh, that your spiritual life will come alive, uh, that your spiritual life will be vitalized, Reketekataya, uh, that every dead part of you uh, will come alive by the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Come on somebody pray Pray and hand. put your hand on your head uh, And say Holy Ghost uh, Let my spiritual life catch fire Let my spiritual life be vitalized uh, Let my spiritual life be restored uh, Restore prayer unto me Restore the word unto me uh, Restore the passion The fire The zeal Restore it unto me uh, I rebuke every spirit of laziness. Uh, I rebuke every spirit of slumber. I declare in the name of Jesus uh, as for the men uh, that God has given us uh, that God has given me uh, we are made for signs and wonders. Uh, I declare and I prophesy over your life uh, that you will be a sign and you will be a wonder. I declare over your life that supernatural things uh, will begin to happen to you. That you would receive angelic visitations. That you would receive visions and dreams. That you would have daylight visions. That you would be like Jacob that saw angels descending and ascending. Ah, may the Lord open up your spiritual eyes in the name of Jesus. Uh, 
May the realm of the spirit become real to you. May the realm of the spirit become a reality in your life. May you not be dead to what is taking place in the spirit. May you not be dead to what is happening in the background. May your spiritual eyes be open. I'm reminded of the scripture when the man of God went to the servant and said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see that they are more for us than those that are against us. Ah, come on, somebody, lay your hands on your eyes and say, God, open my eyes that I may see. Open my eyes that I may know. They are things that have been hidden from you. They are things that the enemy has kept a secret. They are mysteries that need to be unlocked. They are things that have not yet been exposed. Lord, open my eyes that I may see. May your eyes be open to supernatural things. May your eyes be open to spiritual things. Every blindness I remove from you right now in the name of Jesus. When they are planning evil against you and you are blind to it, I remove that blindness from you in the name of Jesus. When they are trying to deceive you, when they are trying to hurt you and you are blind of it, may the Lord open your eyes that you may be able to see. May the Lord open your eyes to the friends that you have. May the Lord open your eyes to the acquaintances that you have. May the Lord even open your eyes to the relationships that you have. I declare and I rebuke blindness from you. When you are blind, you can't see. When you are blind, you don't know which way to go. When you are blind, you are without direction. But I come under the grace and under the anointing of God where Jesus said that we are the light of this world. And I release sight to you now in the name of Jesus that you will be able to see clearly. You will be able to see clearly. May your eyes open. May your eyes open. May the, your eyes open to your spiritual state. Some of you are unable to see that spiritually you have died. Some of you are unable to see spiritually you have lost it. May the Lord open your eyes that you are able to see your spiritual state. May the Lord open your eyes that you are able to see where you are standing with him. May the Lord open your eyes to see the sin in your life. May the Lord open your eyes to see your wrongdoing. May the Lord open your eyes to see the error of your ways. Ah, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the God of this world that has come to blind you. This God of this world, which is the devil, the Bible says he has blinded the eyes of the world. I rebuke it right now. I come under the authority of the Holy Ghost as an angel of light, as one who is a light bearer. And in the name of Jesus, every darkness in your life, let it receive light. Every darkness in your family, let it receive light. Every darkness in your home, let light come in the name of Jesus. I bind 
and I rebuke every darkness. I bind and I rebuke every form of evil. I bind and I rebuke every spirit that fights you in the night. I bind and I rebuke every spirit that fights you in your dreams. I bind and I rebuke every spirit that fights you relationally. I bind and I rebuke every spirit that fights you emotionally. I rebuke depression from you. I rebuke suicide from you. I rebuke heartbreak from you. I come in the name and in the authority of the Holy Ghost and I bind every demonic power that comes to bring darkness in your life. Let darkness leave and let light come. Let light come to your home. Let light come to your family. Whoever has sent darkness to you by the power of the Holy Ghost, I switch on the light. I switch on the light on your mind. You are going insane, but I switch on the light. I switch on the light. I switch on the light. Jesus says, you are the light of this world. A city on a hill that cannot be hidden. When light comes, light elevates you. When light comes, light exposes you to the world. Let the light of God shine on you. Let the light of God as a spotlight come on you right now in the name of Jesus let light come into your home let light come into your life I declare light and Jesus said I am that light. <laughs> he says, I am that light. He said, my word is that light. Receive Jesus and receive his word. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on everybody, lift up your hand. In the name of Jesus. Rikete katukata, libra akunde lemenki parandu sabrande leme. Aha, aha. Melissa, please stand for me. Labrosa kata. Ia valunde ketia, libra andu simbra alunde leke yajambate. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost right now, just get ready to receive your light. Is about to come on in the name of Jesus. And your light will expose every darkness. In the name of Jesus. Father, I put a light on right now. Yes, Holy Ghost. I switch that light on right now in the name of Jesus. I switch that light on right now. Yes. Yes, Holy Ghost. Yes, Holy Ghost. Yes, Holy Ghost. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I switch that light on in our life. 
And I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that your name will be praised. Your name will be glorified in our life. Not because of anything, but because of what you are going to do. Let light come on. Let light come on. Let light come on. Let light come on. So you can see clearly. Let light come on. I switch on this light. The enemy has tried to dim your lights. Ah! Very quickly, I want to pray for so many of you. You feel in your life that there's a light that has been dimmed. You feel in your life that something has dimmed your lights. Just go to the front very quickly. Father, let lights come on. You are that light, Lord. I'm not giving us something of my own. You are that light. Let light come that exposes and expels darkness. I'm reminded of your scripture that says, the darkness could not comprehend that light. There's the light. Receive this light. Touch a Lord. Touch a Lord. Let light come. That's it. That's it. More, more, more. More of the light of God. That's it. That's it. Please, can you bring it to the front quickly? Just lift up your hands, those that are in the front. You feel like your light has been dimmed. You feel that there's a part of you. Can I please have some tissue? You feel there's a part of you that's it's like, you know, like a candle and the candle is on. As the wind blows, you can see when the candle is about to go off. You feel like in your life, there's a light in you that's going off. You can feel it. It might have not happened, but you can feel like there's a light in you that's about to go off. It's in you, it's about to go off. But in the name of Jesus, I declare that you are receiving the lights of God. Just lift up your hands, all of you, right now. If it's possible, just hold hands for me. And there's a song that we sing, Light of the world. You step down into darkness. Open my eyes. Beauty that made, beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life. Spent with you. Here I am to. Just worship God. As you worship God, the light of God comes. Because He's the light of this world. Oh, I love you, Lord. Receive the light now. 
receive Jesus. Receive the Holy Spirit that will ignite you, that will set you alight again. Receive the power of the Holy Ghost. You guys in the front, you don't sing it, they can sing it. You just lift up your hands and say, oh, the Lord, you receive. I receive, I receive, I receive. I receive the fire. My life, my spiritual life is about to change. My spiritual life is about to change. My spiritual life is about to change. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release the anointing of the Holy Ghost and I release, oh God, the fire of God on your daughter's life. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, that you would touch her by your spirit. I pray in Jesus' name that the anointing of God would work. I rebuke and I bind every work of the enemy, every darkness I expel in the name of Jesus. May every darkness be expelled now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Just can you try and bring her close to me? Here I am to worship. Here I am to Gilakadaya Kaparadaya. Jobra Adekadaya Limankadaya. Let light come, let light come. Rabo Siprakata. The Spirit of God dwells where light is. So in the name of Jesus, every work of the enemy, every demonic power, every principality, every spirit, that would release darkness in your life. I release light now in the name of Jesus. Receive light right now. That's it, that's it, receive. That's it, that's it. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. That's it. There's the Holy Spirit. Touch. There's the touch. There's the touch. There's the touch. In Jesus' mighty name. Lift up your hands, Elizabeth. Take it now. Take the presence. One, receive him now. Two, receive him now. Three, in the name of Jesus. There's the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Zada yala balava kaparanda levelewe kada. In the name of Jesus. You three guys get ready to receive the Holy Spirit. Yes. That's it, that's it. Thank you, Jesus. There's more. There's the Holy Ghost. There's the Holy Ghost. Touch. Touch now, uh-huh. Touch now. Touch now. I release the light of God. That's it, Lord. There's more. That's it, Lord. That's it, Lord. That's it, Lord. Touch. 
touch, your presence, your power, your glory. I release, I release it now. I release your glory 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 now. I release more of you. More of your presence. More of your presence. La bronda la basataya. Touch a Lord. Touch a Lord. Do what only you can do. Let light come and expose every darkness. Let light come and expose every area of our life. Oh Lord, that needs the light of God. May the light of God shine on her right now. There's, uh, there's the light of God shining. 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 Touch in the name of Jesus. Try and bring it to me. In the name of Jesus. Touch. I release the light of God. That's it. 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 More of the light. More of the light, more of the light, more of the light of God. Every darkness go, every darkness leave, every darkness be expelled, every darkness go. In the name of Jesus, as you embrace the light of God, may God do an amazing work. I release the presence of the Holy Ghost. Touch, 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 touch. Take it now. That's it. Uh-huh. One. Two. Sakatu In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There's the presence of God. In the name of Jesus. Touch Lord. Ah, Kalosa Prakata. Rekete kata. Every work of the enemy we rebuke it. Come on guys, just open up your mouth and pray. Every work of Satan we rebuke it. We command it to leave you. Today, I declare a divine turnaround. Today, I declare a divine change. Today, in the name of Jesus, touch a Lord. By your glory, by your presence, the lean just go and pray with us. Le kadaya. Touch a Lord in Jesus' name. Rado Zadaya. Le Zadaya. I release lights. Lights. Expose every darkness. Remove every darkness. And let light come. Everything that is trying to dim this light, we rebuke it. Everything that is trying to take this light out, we rebuke it. Is the light of God. Receive the light of God. Receive the light of God. Light of the world, you step down into my darkness. You've opened my eyes, now I see. 
Light of this world, you step down into my darkness. You've opened my eyes, now I see. Light of this world, you step down, touch Holy Ghost. Lights of this world touch uh. Uh. Jesus. You know that machine when you did that machine when you did and they trying to bring you back to life. They rub it together and they hit it on your chest. Some of you right now, it's like I saw in that spirit, that same machine that is rubbing together. Come to life. electricity vaults running through your body. Holy Ghost. Touch. Lights. 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 Receive light now. That's it, that's it, that's it. Amen. Every darkness in your life. I see a darkness in her life, but it's not coming from her. I see a darkness coming from the family. I expose and I release it in the name of Jesus. Let light come. Let light come. Let light come in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Light of the world, you step down. Open my eyes. Yeah, it's fine. Beauty that made. Mandala Duse Bradaya. Thank you so much. My eye. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Amen. Well, I know Him to be my help in time of need. And I know Him to be the one that I can trust. And I will never, never Walk alone. 
Thank you, Holy Ghost. Isn't it good Isn't it good to know that is always there? It's so good to know you. It's so good to know you. It's so good to know you. When our preaching fails, when the singing fails, when everything falls apart, all we have is you. You are our one thing that will never fall apart. You are one thing that will never ever fail. It's so good to know you. It's a blessing for us truly. It is an honor. It is an honor to know you. It's not the other way around. It is an honor to know you. Oh, we do feel honored that you know us. Oh, we do feel honored that you call us by name. But it's more of an honor that we know, that we know you. And how good it is to know you. It's such a good feeling. Such a good experience. So many people would prefer to be known by other people. So many people would be preferred to be known by friends. And famous people. But Lord, it is good to know you. Because when we are at the darkest or the worst moments in our life, you are the one that stands strong in us. You are the one 
where we have hope, confidence, that knowing you, knowing that you are on our boat, everything's going to be fine. I speak that word to someone right now, that everything is going to be fine. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Amen. Why don't you turn your Bible to the book of John. I've got 30 minutes to finish this. Amen. Book of John, chapter number 10. This thing comes right and then it goes off, amen. But it's fine. I think it's this cable. It's faulty. Okay, it's back. John chapter 10, verses number 1. Oh Lord, your beauty your face is all Tasha, please stand up. And when your eyes are on your grace abounds to me. Come close, come to me, Tasha. Oh Lord, oh Lord, your beauty. Your face, your face. And when your eyes are on this child, your grace abides. The Lord's eyes is on you. Oh Lord, your I feel the rain of his presence. Your face. I literally literally it's like I can feel drops hitting my face. And when your eyes 
Tasha, it's like the Lord is is not that near. He's far, and it's like a, it's like kind of like a joke the way I see it. It's like he has magnifying glass, not magnifying glass, binoculars, and he says that tell her that I see her, tell her that I'm watching her, but he's not watching you in a a funny way and he's not checking your movements out or any which he does he, he really does check your movements out but this look that I saw is a look of love and his eyes is on you and his eyes are on you and he's smiling it's like Zephaniah says he's singing over us it's like he's singing over you with love and the Lord wants me just to tell you that He loves you so much. And His eyes is on you. And He says that I must tell you that you must put your eyes on Him as well. And it's like you mustn't look at anything else. You mustn't focus on anything else. You mustn't worry about anything else. All you must do is just fix your eyes on Him. Like the scripture says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. As you look unto Him, as you watch Him, as you focus on Him, He's going to direct your parts. It's like when Jesus told, was it Peter? And Peter wanted to walk on water. And Jesus said, come to me, come, come where I am. And he started walking. And some, some theologians and some people say that the reason why he fell was because he started looking around at, he couldn't really believe that he was walking. And he started to look around and he, he stopped fixing his eyes on Jesus. He stopped looking at Jesus and he started to sink. And the Lord says, I must tell you that he sees in your life, some of the moments in your life where you feel like, you are sinking, and you are sinking, and you are sinking. He says, don't look at what's causing you to sink. Don't look around. Don't look at it. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Don't make the mistake that he made by looking around and what's causing him to fall. But just continue to look at him because he's looking at you. He's looking at you. Lift up your hands now. Oh Lord, you're beautiful, your face. Ah! Holy Spirit, give her the grace to look at you. Oh, what a beautiful truth. Give her the grace to look at you. When she's sinking, when she feels she can't do it, give her the grace to look at you. 
May the grace be available for you. May the grace come to you now. I release it over your life. Oh Lord, there's the grace to look to Jesus in all things. When it's difficult, Lord, I trust in you. There's the grace, the grace to look to him, the grace to look to him, the grace to look to him, the grace to look to him. Jesus. Oh, I feel your presence. The grace to look to him. grace to look to him. I feel the presence of God. I feel the presence of God. Do something new in my life. Something ah. something new Candice, the Lord is doing something new. Come quickly, please. Oh, Lord, do something new. Something new. Something new. In my life, oh, just leave it there, hallelujah. Hey, Holy Spirit, move me now, move me now, make my life whole. Sister Zaini, come, the Holy Spirit is moving you now. Spirit move over me. Spirit move over me. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, move me now. Shakataya over me, he spirit move. 
Taking you to a new location, new level, and I'm releasing my glory, making your life whole, and I'm releasing my glory in your life. Receive the move of the Holy Spirit. As I lay my hand on her, let's continue to sing, Holy Spirit, hey, move me now. That's it, that's it, that's it. Mm, hey, may. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Yes, receive the move right now. Receive the move now. That's it, that's it, receive the move. Holy Ghost. I release the anointing right now. I've released it over you right now in the name of Jesus. Touch, 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 touch in the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost, Kaparakate. Touch, touch, Spirit of God. Move it now, move it now, move it now. Change location, change location. Change location, change location, change location, change. Let location change now. In the name of Jesus, let location change now. Holy Ghost, in the name of Jesus. Can somebody just pray with her? May location change. Location has changed. No, it has changed. Spirit move. Over me, ah, Kalada Sataya, Spirit. Ah, ah. Let's say it again, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, move me now, move me now, may. I see something like mud. I don't know if it's, it's like somebody had a dream or what, but I feel something like mud or you had a dream where you tried to move or you tried to walk, but you couldn't walk. You were just stuck. It just stuck. There was no movement. No movement. I don't know if you had a dream or, or something of that sort where you, there was no movement. You were stuck. It's like a so mud. Like, you know, you tried to get out. You tried to move and you couldn't move and stuff. I don't know if it's that. Is that just what God is showing me that some people are in right now? Did anybody have a dream like that where you feel like you can't move or you were stuck or something? Anybody? If you did, just come quickly, right? Just stand here. But if not, whoever feels stuck, 
whoever feels like they can't move or whoever feels like there's no movement in their life, no matter how many times you've tried in your family, in your home, feel there's no movement, you're stuck. It's like you're sitting and you can't move. You're standing and you can't move. I declare over your life in the name of Jesus that that mud, whatever's holding you down, stopping you from moving, it's been released from you right now in the name of Jesus. Do something new. Lift up your hands in my life. Behold, says the Lord, I do a new thing. And I started now in the name of Jesus. Please pick up for me. Kaladu Sabran Deleve Kedekata. Oh Lord. Yes, that's what the Lord is saying. That's what the Lord is saying. Oh, I, the anointing is so strong on her. There's the anointing, there's the anointing, there's the anointing. In the name of Jesus, it's strong, it's strong, it's strong. More, more, more of the oil of God, more of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Behold, I do a new thing, says the Lord. Forget that which is former. I do something new today. I start something fresh in you. In the name of Jesus, receive the freshness. Receive the newness. In the name of Jesus, forget the former. Behold, I do something new, says the Lord. That's it. Receive it once. Receive it twice. Receive this new thing right now in the name of Jesus. It's happening now in Jesus' name. That's the new thing right now. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Do something new. Kali Hallelujah. Touch him, Lord. Touch him, Lord. Open your mouth and pray. Just open your mouth quickly, quickly. Pray in tongues. Pray. Pray in tongues. Pray, 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 pray. Go deeper, guys. Just go deeper. A demonic power is about to manifest. But we break its power in the name of Jesus. It will not work. It will not take control of this life. And from today, we rebuke it. Every spirit of addiction, we command you to lose him now. You will resist. But I command you out. I command you out. Now. Out. Yes. Out this life. Gingalamande le main katanda lamande. Gindalamanda lamandunde mande abranda lamande. Gira mamande le men kapande, 
Every demonic spirit that has been sent on assignment, I cancel that assignment now. Loose him. You have no authority. You have no power. I command you out. Out. Surrender to the name of Jesus and the blood. The blood and the name of Jesus. Bow down to that name now in the name of Jesus. Bow down to that name now. In the name of Jesus. Come on guys, pray. Can I have some oil please?
with the Lord and these moments with the Lord are going to be so glorious where you just are lifting up your hands at home and you're worshipping and then all of a sudden tears is going to fill your face and you're going to go down on your knees and you're going to continue to worship Him because He's so beautiful because He's so lovely because He's an amazing God like I saw somebody kneeling and crying been through so much going through so much all you did was lift up your hands and worship and cry he said father I love you and tears were rolling down your eyes it's because you don't know what to say you don't want to go back to him and say and complain and come with the same prayers you just lifted up your hand and you worshipped him. And he said, I love you. Despite what you're going through. May the Lord come through for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. John chapter 10. I'd like to speak to you today about the art of shepherding. The art of shepherding. The art of shepherding. I believe that God has called each and every single one of us to shepherd. Yo. Sasha, when I was looking at you, now it's just about, as I looked at you, I just saw your face very blur, couldn't identify you and stuff like, not because of my eyes, I've seen you, but I just saw very blur in your face, and the Spirit of God spoke to me that the enemy has blurred you because there's certain favor and certain blessings that were supposed to come your way, but they have been delayed and they can't come your way. Certain doors was basically it's like doors that are supposed to open, but the doors are not opening. It's because the people that are supposed to open the doors for you can't identify whether it's you or not because the enemy has like blurred you and things. Things that are supposed to come to you a very long time, but there's been like a blur on your face. Can I pray for you one more time, amen? I don't know if it's making sense to you. I was just going to preach now because I only got 15 minutes, but the Lord showed me that. Um, blur. So I want to anoint you, amen. And I want to remove that. It's like they see a person 
but the person is not you, but they want to release the blessing to you, but in, it's like the blessing, it's like it moves to somebody else because they were looking for you and because you, it's like you weren't there and so it just moved to somebody else. So it's like even to a point where it feels like everybody in your, in your like circle, it's, you feel like everybody else around you is, is like making it or everybody else around you has been blessed and you're like, God, when am I going to... I don't know if it's like that, but it's like, God, when are you going to do it in my life and stuff? It's because of that blur. The people that are getting blessed, but we declare in the name of Jesus Christ, may the Lord remove it right now in Jesus' mighty name. That blur, that spiritual blur that causes the blessing to come but can't identify you, we remove it from you right now in the name of Jesus. I remove it by the Holy Ghost. I remove it by the Holy Ghost. I remove it by the Holy Ghost. Not only has it been a, a source of blood, but it's been like a, a mark. And I remove that mark from you right now in the name of Jesus. May you be identified as a child of God. May whatever has blurred you, I rebuke and I command it to move that blur in the name of Jesus. And from today, I said from today, I said from today, may those things open up for you right now. May it happen quick. May it happen fast. Sure. It's like somebody, you know, like when somebody throws water on you. Somebody threw, it's like somebody threw water on your face. Somebody threw something on your face, a liquid form. Somebody threw a liquid on you. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, let it go. Now, there's it gone in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Who is like unto thee? I'm, it's like I'm, I'm bringing out all the songs out of the archives. <laughs> bringing out all the songs. Some of you don't know these songs, amen. Amongst the gods, who is like thee? You are glorious in one another, in praises. Do when wonders are and then we start go oh, amongst the gods who is my sister's enemy you are glorious Eesh. I'm telling you what do you say sister's enemy she knows all 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 she, nothing she don't know 
Amen. So I'd like to today to speak to you about the art of shepherding. I've got 10 minutes or so. Uh, whenever you whenever you think about shepherding, right, I want to say to you though, we said last time that everybody is not born, every, they say everybody is not born with the, the nature of leaders, but sometimes leaders are made and stuff. So even though you don't have that ability on the inside of you to lead, but I believe that God has given us all that ability, that grace. It just needs to be tapped, you understand? So even if you are not leading now, but if you just wait a little while on God, you'd see that you would have that ability to lead as well. I believe that everybody has the ability to lead, amen. However, though, that as much as there are leaders, there are followers as well. And God has designed it in that way. But as He's designed you to be a follower... He hasn't designed you to be a follower for the rest of your life. He has designed you also, or He's given you the capacity to follow for a while so that you can lead. Amen? To follow for a while so that you can lead. The problem that we have in today's society, Melissa, is that people want to lead without having the ability to follow. But nobody can lead if they have not yet followed. Because what are you going to lead? Because you never have a blueprint. You don't have a pattern to follow. So you can't lead. What are you going to lead people to? Because there was nothing that you followed. So you find that people would lead. There was a leader that led thousands and thousands of people off a bridge. He committed suicide. And thousands of people followed him off that bridge. You understand? Because of certain things that happened, certain things that he was doing, that he was famous for, forgot his name. Maybe next week I'll give you his name. And they all died with him. You understand? Is that because there's a time where you have to follow before you lead. So many people want to bypass the process. They want to lead without having to follow. That's why I say that nobody can be a pastor if you have not served well. You have to have marks on you that I've served. You must at least say that I was at least in all the departments, or at least majority of the departments within a church. If you were just saying, oh, I was an usher, and then from an usher I became a pastor, hey, Charlie, something, I'm, I'm, I'm worried now. You must be able to serve in the capacity of what you are being called to as well. You understand? So you must serve. Serving is very crucial. So we're going to look at John chapter 10, and in this few minutes that I have, I want to explain to you something so important is that God in the in the scripture he calls when we refer to God number 1 there's two ways that this happens number 1 when God refers to us rather he refers to us as his sheep and we refer to him as our shepherd likewise when you in a church you refer to me as your pastor as your shepherd and when I refer to you I refer to you as my sheep so the mindset of every home cell leader or every person that runs a home cell or every person that is leading a home cell, you must have the mindset that you are the shepherd of those people. And they are the sheep that you are leading, right? Now, God could have referred to us and called us goats. He says, uh, my lost goat. But goats don't have a, an ability to follow Goats all have their own mind. They're very stubborn. I was watching, I was watching a, a video on Facebook. Hey, Charlie. 
this video on Facebook I was watching, this goat was on a rampage, I tell you. Remember Deline? Wanting to take out everybody it sees on the road. It just runs a text. I don't know if you've seen that video. It runs and it texts. You saw it, Toffee? Hey, the man tried to go and eat it. Hey, he hit the goat, hit him down. Still thinking that he's gonna, that goat's gonna leave him because he's down. The goat pulls back, backs pedal. Eats him. He tries again to eat. Goat back pedals. Goes back for him. He chased the lady down the road. Hey, got the mind of its own. Imagine a goat. They said the goat was demon possessed. <laughs> it had a demonic spirit because it was bad, brother Emmanuel. Fighting a goat, fighting a human being. The man trying to kick it. The goat's giving him a hard time. Goats, you were saying to me, you saw it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the one in India. Goats are difficult to lead. However, sheep, sheep can be led. Sheep follow because they depend on the shepherd to lead him to green pastures, right? To lead him to still waters. So, whenever we refer to the congregation, whenever we refer, let's, let's, before we talk about us, when we talk about us, our relation in terms of uh, our relation with God, sorry. When we refer to our relation with God, how are we referred to in our relationship with God as sheep? And He is our shepherd, right? So, He calls us sheep because we have the ability to follow Him. Now, most of us in the church, there's goats because we don't have the ability to follow Him wherever He leads us. There's a song that we sing, and it's, I think it's one of the psalmists of David, that David says, Shepherd of my soul, I give you full control. Wherever you lead, I will follow. I will go. For most of us, we are goats. Wherever he leads, we don't go. Wherever he leads, we fight it. Wherever he leads, we say, maybe you made a mistake. Maybe not me, somebody else. Why? Because it seems as though wherever the shepherd is leading you, he leads you into places that he knows that is good for you, but you have your own mind. You want to go somewhere else. But he's saying, go here. So not every one of us can be called sheep. Some of us are goats. Look at your neighbor and say, are you a goat or a sheep? Are you a goat or you a sheep? Amen. I declare over your life that you become a sheep because of your ability to follow. Amen. And to take the leading of the shepherd. You see, the the sheep trust the shepherd so much that... The sheep know that the shepherd won't lead him where the fox is. The sheep, the shepherd won't lead him where the hole is. The shepherd won't lead him where they're going to get hurt, where they're going to get injured. He's going to lead him into the place that they're supposed to go. But most of us don't trust that shepherd because we think that what he's telling us to leave behind or where he's telling us to go, we think that he's trying to take something from us. We don't think that he's trying to lead us somewhere into a greener pasture. We think that he's trying to destroy us. But he's a good shepherd. I love the song that says, you're a good, good shepherd. And he's always watching over us. And he's that kind of shepherd for you, always watching over you. So, as a leader, what you want around you, or what you want in your home cell, or what you want, or the people that you lead, whether it's in a business or whatever, You want people that are sheep. So you need to teach against the spirit of a goat. That's stubborn, that's independent, 
that comes when they want to, does what they want to do, that has uh, this independence about themselves that I'll do it and you can't tell me nothing, but I'm still going to come either which way. You, you understand? So you must get that, you must, how, how do you get the, the goats out of people? How do you remove the goats? Is when you start teaching what a sheep supposed to do. What is, how a sheep is supposed to behave. How do you get this loyalty out of the church? Is when you start preaching on loyalty and preaching against this loyalty. For example, if I have five people in the church that just talk about me left, right, and center, the only way I can get you out of the church is when I preach about loyalty and being loyal. As you sit in there because you know you talk about me. As you sit in there because you know you badmouth me. As I start to preach about loyalty, as I start to preach about uh, the characteristics of a disloyal person, dangerous sons, as I talk about those that leave you, those that pretend, those that are proud, what would happen? Something inside of you would feel the conviction. You'll sit there and you'll be like, mm. Mm. and eventually... That nature of yours exposes itself. And when that nature exposes itself, what do we do with disloyal people? We chase them out because a little bit of leaven can spoil the whole lump. You get what I'm saying? So what happens with most, with most pastors or most churches, they tolerate disloyal people. And they leave them in the church for a long time. And the church gets divided because somebody that's disloyal doesn't have a right to be in your church anymore. Any disloyal person in your home cell, any disloyal person in your organization doesn't have a right to be in that organization. Because the fact that they're disloyal, it means that they left the ministry a long time ago. They're not here. Their bodies are here, but they're not there. So they've left the church a long time. So what, what you standing? Why, why are you here? It's either Satan has entered into their hearts... Where they, be, where they say that I'm going to show them, I'm going to make sure that this ministry falls to the ground if they're arrogant in that way. I think that some, most of this loyal behaviors is normally done subtly. It's normally done like behind the scenes where you get a group of sisters or a group of brothers and they have him meet with the pastor. They're talking this, hey, pastor, this, you saw this, you saw that, you saw how we did that, you saw how we did those are stages of disloyalty and what will happen when you see that in the person all you have to do is like sorry it looks like you you've expired your time (laughs) the reason why you've expired your time is because there's a nature in you that doesn't correspond with the vision and where god is taking us so what we do with disloyal people the bible says the witch must not remain in our presence the bible says suffer not the witch to love who, who is a witch? A witch is somebody that is rebellious. So when you disloyal, you have a rebe- I don't even know why I'm talking about this. You have a dis- when you disloyal, you have a rebellion spirit inside of you. So rebellion is like what the scripture says, as witch. So you are a witch, you mustn't live. Well, in our presence, go live somewhere else. <laughs> you understand? So anyone that gets to a point where they disloyal, go. So, but inside of each and every single one of us, whether you like it or not, there's that, there's that, there's that root of disloyalty in you. The ability to be disloyal is there. But how do we rebuke it? How do we deal with it when we talk about loyalty? <laughs> and when we talk against disloyalty? 
That's how we deal with that root. So when I start to give you like signs and you start to speak about signs, and this is what you must preach in your home cells as well, when you start to speak about signs of loyalty, because you can be in your home cell and you can instruct your home cell to do something and your home cell members will be like, no, I'm not doing it. What you wasting your time there for then? It showed that the person is disloyal. Because at the end of the day, you are shepherd over that. Understand that it's not, it's not about if the person is open with you and if the person can tell you they're wrong, but if you, you tell, we're doing this next week, oh, you can tell me we're doing this and no, you can't, we're not doing that. It shows that the person is, is disloyal and is a rebellion, a rebellious spirit inside of them where they don't respect you, they don't respect you as they are shepherd. Then you say, sorry, I'm packing my bags and I'm leaving without any, without anything. Because I can see you don't respect my leadership. You don't respect, respect me. So I can't be with you anymore because you don't respect me. But now people, when they're disloyal, Colleen, they don't leave. No one that's disloyal. I don't even know why I'm teaching this now. Nobody that's disloyal leaves on their own. You know why? They need to get into a stage. I call it the fifth stage. The stage is called a political stage. A political stage is where you want everybody to be on the same theme, side side, same side with you. So when they're on the same side with you, what happens? Everybody's talking the same thing. Then you cause division until everybody is agreeing with you. And then you find that they have a meeting with the pastor. Pastor, we are saying, who's we? Not we, it's you that is saying it. Pastor, we think, who's we? It is you that is thinking that way. But what they did, they got into their political stage where they wanted everybody, it felt like everybody was doing this. Meantime, they were the ones that were disloyal. Because if you get, say, if you can tell me who's we, and mention the name of the we, and then I go to that we person, are you also thinking the same? You'll find out that we person said, no, that person came to tell me. But that person never, we're not thinking the same. They just told me. You understand? Like, we all don't feel loved. Oh! Everybody don't feel loved in the church. Meantime, you're the one that is having that feeling in you. But you're saying everybody don't feel loved. What you're doing, you're trying to get everybody to be on you. That's a dangerous place you can be in. So be careful. Let me tell you now. As a shepherd, your, your, your home cell leader or your shepherd or even me as your pastor, I'm going to make mistakes. I might not come when you have a birthday party. I might not come when you are sick. I might miss a, an important appointment. I might not pour oil on your head. I'm limited. I might not be able to do all those things, you understand? Because of me being limited in certain things. It doesn't mean because I'm limited in those areas for you to attack me. That shows that there's that nature in you. It's like you waited for me not to meet the target or to not meet that appointment so you could attack. Hey, why am I preaching this? I don't know. I'm supposed to tell you about shepherd, the art of shepherding. <laughs> I'm telling you to ask you things right there. I don't know why I'm preaching it. It's, what's that? It's the nature of Satan. That's why Jesus said to Judas, uh, Jesus said to Peter, sorry, Satan, get behind me. Ah, imagine Ramon getting to a point where he called an apostle 
we told the apostle, I'll build my church on you. You are the, then he said, Satan, get behind me. Yo, that's something else. So there's some certain, there's some Satans in your, maybe there's some Satans in your home cell or some Satans around you and so, just look at them and say, Satan, get behind me. Hey! Because their nature is devilish. It's like they can pull out a coney and stab you when you're not looking. Say, Satan, get behind me. They can go and report you to the pastor quick and fast. Satan, get behind me. Ah, you, you know those kinds of people when, when maybe, maybe you mess up. Um, I want to know when my leaders mess up, right? And, but when you mess up, they come, hey, did you hear? That one messed up. If it's my leader, I want to know. You know what I'm saying? Because I need to watch. Come make them preach if they send in. Come make them do nothing if they send in. So I definitely want to know. But I'm talking about somebody that's not doing nothing. Just a norm. Maybe sometimes a person even comes to church three times a week or, or maybe once, three times a month or twice in a month. Hey, did you hear? That one day. Not in a way of care. There's a way you do it where you genuinely care for somebody, where you're concerned about the nature of the person, where you're like, hey, hey, you know what? Hey, I saw Candace. Hey, she was messing around in the club. Hey, you know, hey, Pastor, I'm telling you because I really, I believe that we, me and you must go and visit her so we can restore her. You understand? Not, hey, Pastor, yo, 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 yo. I can't believe it. Hey, these people, they lift up their hands and they, 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 they dance, they preach, they sing. But look at her. Look at her life. In a, in a genuine way, when you genuine, you would come and you would, as a, as a form of restoration and stuff. You know, understand? But when it's in a way of where you're trying to demolish the person, you can see it's there. But now, who does the Bible say is an accuser of the brethren? Satan. Satan goes to God, and what Satan does to God? Satan accuses you on a daily basis. Ah, do we still need our brothers and sisters to accuse us? So Satan goes to God and says, You want to bless Vincent? I saw him. You want to bless, bless Wendell? I saw him. So when somebody behaves in that manner, or if, for example, I'm saying to Melissa, I'm pouring oil on your life. I'm anointing you. I'm sending you out to go and pastor. Somebody says, hmm, that's one you anointing. That's one you show pastor you want to anoint her. Hey, there's some things. Not in a, not in a way of they genuinely care that I'm making a mistake or they genuinely care that I have not seen, but in a way so that the oil don't come on you. They plotting the oil on their lives. Hey, it's a sad one that so who does that Satan why am I preaching this Satan does that why because he's an accuser of the brethren so when somebody behaves in that way call them Satan I give you permission even some church people you must call them Satan because of their nature their character Jesus said to Peter Satan get behind me we know we grew up in a place where they say Brother Dennis, don't call people Satan. It's like a degrading, what, 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 what you call it? Degrading, demolish, anyways, immoral word or whatever. But call them Satan. Don't be scared. So if you say Satan, 
get behind me. When they accusing you, when they say, ah, Satan already goes to God and accuses me. Now you still want to accuse me. Satan already goes to the Father and brings my case every day. Do you know Satan brings your case every day, Tess? Every single day. Satan knows what you do every day. How can he not know what he do? He's the one that led you to do it. How can he not know? So that's why he has every legal right to go to God and say, Hey, you want to bless this? Oh, I saw what he did. I was there. I led him. I influenced him. Withhold your blessing. And Jesus, all Jesus does is says, the blood. There's, there's my hands. There's the crown. There's the thorns. My grace is sufficient for him. My strength is made perfect in weakness. That's what Jesus does. But who goes and accuses Satan? So in your life group, in your home cell, when you see you got people that, ish, they playing around with things like this, Satan get behind me. And don't be scared. Say, my sister, I feel like you would do well in maybe Brother Ramon's home cell, not my home cell. Send him. Send him. <laughs> Send him. Send him. Maybe Ramon got the grace. And then he see a Ramon struggling. He say, Lyle, I'm sending someone to you. <laughs> Maybe then the person will realize, hey, I think I got a problem. <laughs> you understand? Why? Because in your life group, in your life, you're gonna be, you're gonna have two kinds of people, goats and sheep. But the way you're going to preach, the way you preach is going to determine what kind of quality of people you're gonna have in your home cell. You see, if you have a home cell and none of your home cell is committed to anything in the church, they don't respect you. Or they don't come to church. More or less being committed to something. They don't come to church. Hey, check your people out, like her. Because if you, if you do tell them, you see, home cell is not a cottage meeting, huh? A cottage meeting is like, eh, hey, we have praise and worship. No. Home cell is where you start, it's a small mini church. You start to do announcements in home cell. Hey, this is happening in church on Sunday. This is happening. We're having a function. We're having an open, etc. We want to see everybody. Our pastor says that we must all be there. But you in your life group, you must enforce it. We enforce it on the church on Sunday. But Wednesday is like a reminder. You understand? Push it and say, hey, open air. We want to see all of you. And nominate them. You're going to testify in the open air. You're going to share in the open air. You're going to do what? Our home cell is getting involved. Our home, cell, our home cell is going to usher. Our home cell is going to share. Our home cell is going to clean. Our, how many, if you can even think of it, how many people in your home cell have registered for cleaning? How many people in your home cell has registered for media? How many people in your home cell has registered for music or anything in the church? If not, you must check. So even when we do say get involved, yeah. You must go into your home cell. You must say, get involved. There's the forms there. Ask Melissa for it. You know, get your home cell people's information. Sometimes you don't even know their numbers. Hey! Hey! How can you not have your home cell members' number and you don't know the numbers? Huh? Then you say, Pastor, do you have so-and-so's number? Is the person in my home cell or your home cell? 
How come I must I know their number? You're the shepherd. You're supposed to watch your sheep. I'm going to give you three points. Can I give you three points and then we can go? Alright. Why would sheep not stay in the place? Why would your home cell members not stay in the place? When your preaching is dry. You see some, actually some of us, some people are hosts, right? So there's no way they can go to another home cell. <laughs> because they're the host. You understand? So there's no way of escape. Like Elizabeth is Elizabeth. Elizabeth is the host, right, in, in Woodstock, Chain Road. So he says, the same is preaching shy. There's no way. It's either she says, <laughs> hey, pastor, can you send someone else? <laughs> or I don't think I want to have a home cell anymore. <laughs> it's an indication that the preaching is dry. Because wherever there's dryness, wherever there's no water, wherever there's no fire, wherever there's, there's no growth, so it means the people in your home cell are not growing because there's no fire. So as a home cell leader, you must, you must do everything spiritual. You must make altar calls. You must lay hands on them. I release the power. Do it until you get it right. That's, that's, that's your, that's your training ground. And guess what? You can make the mistakes. You can prophesy and make a mistake. I'm telling you. You say, I, I see in the spirit. But you, that's how you're learning. But you saw nothing. But I see in the spirit. So as you learn, how you think I got it right? I was calling wrong names out completely. I look, I look at, this is John. This, your name's John? No. Hey, that must be Mike. I was with Mike. So I got to the point where I started calling the name out loud. Just to see if the person would respond. Mike! Nothing. John! Person's not saying nothing. Bad. Hey, anyway, as time went by, one day I caught it. I called the name out. Yes! I was like, ah, I got it. Of all my mistakes I made, I called it out right finally. So that's where, in a home cell, that's where you learn. That's where you learn. If you made a mistake, for example, you say, even up until now, sometimes I feel like I make mistakes too. Even up until now, you call and nobody, sometimes there's two things that happen. People don't respond either because they're scared. There's too many times in a church service that I called out certain things and people came to me afterwards. And the, the anointing wasn't afterwards. The anointing was in the service. And my heart gets sore. Like remember when we were talking about um, a threat. Somebody received like a threat on the phone or, or whatever. Ramon was sitting there with the threat. <laughs> but he was then I then I was I, I listened to my audio <laughs> I listened to my audio I said anybody received it first I said a text but then I, in the audio I said I listened again I just wanted to see if I was right you know you know me I want to hear then I said anybody received a threat a threat any form of threat somebody said they're going to show you or something so it was the text and then I said any form like somebody said but Ramon was sitting there I prayed the prayer, Ramon. Then afterwards, Ramon said, Hey, I received a threat Christmas Day. <laughs> you see, you, you understand? Yes, I wasn't because this is, this is what the, the prophet, the, with the prophetic, you must understand something. You see, in parts, 
And even when you prophesy, you prophesy in part. Until that which you have seen, God completes it. Oh, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. When you prophesy, you prophesy in part. For example, like God will show you something. But he hasn't showed you the full picture. Most of the times. You'll see, you'll say, hey, I feel like somebody's using witchcraft on you. Just pray more, you'll see, you'll get the full picture. And you'll tell the person who's using witchcraft on them. You understand? Because it's useless telling somebody's, someone, someone in your family is using witchcraft. Who in my family is using witchcraft? Now I must hate my mother. Hey, I can even hate my husband. Hey, maybe it's my uncle. Hey, maybe it's my niece. Maybe it's my nephew. Now I'm angry with everybody. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm suspicious of everyone. I'm t- Hey, my family. Hey, you, my family. I must watch you. Hey, you, my family. I must watch you. Hey, you, my family. I must watch you. Because the pastor wasn't specific to tell you who. Why? Because he's so important only. And the Holy Spirit comes when you see important. When, when you, when you, like the prophecies like this here. If I say to, like for example, Ramon, you, I, I saw a threat on your, a threat coming to you. Whether it's on your phone or whatever. I saw important, right? So I tell him that God wants to tell me other things at the time of the prophecy. At that exact time. But because the response wasn't there. And he never give and say, yes, it's me. I, you can't see the risk because you think yourself, Charlie, this must be false. Even you, me, I'm like, okay, maybe it's not. So my spirit is not open for more. I'm teaching you how to prophesy, you see now. So your spirit is not open for more. But when God gives you small details, it's like even when, even when I saw the fire, I never see the country. I knew there was going to be a fire. My spirit wants open for more because I was questioning the fire. And I never go and pray deeper. But heaven, if I had prayed deeper because I saw in part, the Lord have released more. You understand? It's like even, even the, even the, 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 the pilot that was in, uh, that was in an accident. Remember? Uh, remember I said I saw a plane crash. It wasn't necessarily the plane crashing was that it was the pilot was going to eat into an accident. But because I saw him part, because he's a pilot, he flies a plane. Oh, you understand what I'm trying to say? Oh, heaven, I had to soak and soak and soak and soak and soak. The Lord will reveal more parts. Because even when God gives me prophecy, sometimes I'm like, hey, I don't think this is true. Have you ever received a word from somebody, God's going to bless you with something, and you're like, hey, I don't think it's true. So even when I receive prophetic words, sometimes I have to pray in my spirit, Lord, is it, is it real? Because I'm about to utter it. And I get nervous because I think it's not true, and I can't receive the rest of the parts and put the pieces together. Because God doesn't give you the fullness of it. There's not one time I remember prophesying where God gave me the fullness straight away. Never. Remember when I spoke to Annabelle about, uh, I said to her, there's somebody in your school, somebody that's there by your college and stuff. And I said, this person was like initiated into some, some call. I was response, but when she was responding, the full picture started to come into play. You understand what I'm saying? It's, that's how, that's how it works. Hey, why am I teaching this too now? Wasn't supposed to. So what, what am I trying to tell you is that sometimes you get it. 
because of the excitement of seeing. Have you ever seen something and you're excited? The excitement of seeing. Don't rush to say it. The reason why you don't want to rush to say it is that if you say it, be, be fine and be comfortable with saying, in home cell, the Lord showed me this. If you're 100% sure the Lord showed you this. But if there's a bit of uh, doubt on your, on your side, pray a little bit more for God to reveal the full part of it. Do you understand? But that's why I say, I've, 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 that's why you'll hear pastors when they, in especially prophetic churches, they prophesy, and then somebody's holding the mic next to somebody. Yes, Papa. Yes, 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 yes. Sometimes you look at it and it's like jokes and they're like clowning around and stuff. But it's not clowning around. The pastor's waiting for the response to see whether or not what he's saying is true. But most of them do lie. And they just say yes and the thing's not true. Most of them do that. But when it is true, you're waiting for that yes or that confirmation, even if it's a nod of the head, so you know what you're saying is true. So anything else that the Holy Spirit told you is accurate. You understand? You understand? I saw a small sugar... Say I'm going to tell you now. <laughs> I saw a small sugar. Small, you know sugar? But a small one. And I saw somebody looking for money, coins, to buy sugar. But they were hunting for the coins, but they couldn't find the coins. But they managed to find the coins and they bought small sugar. Small sugar. Who bought small sugar? Anybody here that bought small sugar? No, I know we're scared. Like, don't don't be nervous and stuff. Reason why I'm saying don't be nervous. Small sugar, not mkulu, ten kg. I'm talking about you were looking for the coins, coins, not not like you were looking for notes or whatever the case may be. You're looking for like coins. I saw a small sugar bread. Somebody looking for coins, cause sugar is finished to buy small. Sugar, sugar, sweet. Somebody else? Okay. Say again. Okay. When was this there? In the week. Come on, anybody else? Maybe it's that. Anybody else? Small sugar. Hey, I know sometimes we get scared. Like, hey, looking for coins to buy small sugar. Sometimes I look for coins to buy small sugar. Yes, yeah. You said you, what, what, what? Thirteen or fourteen and a small. Okay, let's stand up, sister. Say he stand up. You see, like, yeah, you got the sugar. Okay, good. I now I'm not worried about us. I would have. I would, if the Lord was showing me us, I would have. Why would I have? Like, really, really. <laughs> yes, our sugar's finished as well. I need to buy sugar. <laughs> but I'm men. You know me. I'm men for sugar because I don't drink coffee a lot. They the ones that struggle, so I like 
I they don't have sugar, it's fine. <laughs> Let's stand up. This is any stand up. Is it that, is it the, I just want to see now the sugar that I'm talking about. You see, it's like, it's like rare. Just think about it for a minute. It's like rare that you would see sugar, right? So I saw sugar, small sugar, right? It's rare that in small meeting like ours, that somebody would buy small sugar or somebody would have, I'm talking specifically small sugar. You understand? I could have said a big sugar, one kg, not one kg, five kg or ten kg, but I said a small nyanyana. Anyana. Anyana or nyanyana? Anyana, small, small. Say? Small. I know I'm saying it in the wrong, I'm saying it in the wrong context, right? Yeah, but anyway, it's fine. The small one, why are you laughing at me? The small, it's rare that you would get somebody that would, <laughs> it's rare that you would get somebody that with the small sugar and stuff, right? But the reason why God would locate small sugar and the person small sugar, because the Lord is saying, now this is the reason why he located sugar now. You see, because God doesn't locate it for no reason. The reason why God would show you somebody's name or the reason why God would show you somebody is doing something is not what you have seen that is important. What you have seen is an indication of what he's telling you is true because the person had testified what you saw is true. So if I say small sugar and no one told me small sugar, then what I saw was not true. The small sugar is a testimony that what I'm about to say is true. That's what God wants to get the person to know. Because God already knows, she knows, God knows that she went for small sugar. So what, what, so what if I know that she went for, if I tell her her name, she knows her name. So what if I know and I call the name out? It's not the name. I'm teaching you prophecy things, prophetic things here. It's not the name that is important. It's what comes afterwards. What happens to most prophetic ministries is that they get excited with the name and they don't say anything to that person. Just God's going to deliver you and the person goes and sit down. Now, you must understand something. The name, what you see is not important. What you tell them is important. So the Lord says with regards to the sugar that every for okay I'm going to ask you another thing right I don't know if it if it, if it would make sense, but I'm trying to calculate the years that the Lord is talking to me. Does the year 2000, the year, the year, the year itself, 2000, have any significance in your life? The year 2000. Like, what happened in the year 2000? You see, so the Lord located the 2000, can you see? So now I'm calculating. God is good. See, I know that. I didn't know that. So from the year 2000, what year are we in now? 22 years, right? So the Lord says to me, and this is now the message 
now the Lord showed me the 2000, so I need to locate the years. So this is the message that you receive from the year 2000, which I didn't know the date on which that happened. It was bitter. Right? Now you in 2022, I saw sugar. God says I'm making it sweet. Oh, you guys. So you understand what I'm, you, you understand? I'm teaching, but it's a prophetic word for her as well. Because God knew that she went for sugar. And God knew 2000 was the year that her and her husband had that separation that has been bitter and not right. And now God is sweetening it from sugar. Oh, Ramon, Justine, yeah. Mm. Because uh, when I came back from Aristotle, mm. and uh, you see, she was then you got a man in your life, so mm. I said, Yeah. Yes. But the person in my life right now mm. is God. Yes, yes. So, uh, yes, I don't know. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yes, wow. wow. Look at that. You don't know which direction, yeah. So, look from Sugar Lyle. Ooh, you guys. So in your home cell, in your home cell, this is what I'm talking about. But this can only happen if you pray, if you seek the Lord. There's no way that I would have, I don't have that information. No one gave me that information, Melissa. I didn't know that information. But God located that information to tell her one thing. It's going to be sweet in your life from now. So it's not the beauty in me calling out the year. It's not the beauty in me calling out the sugar. Why did she go for the sugar? Why did Ramon not go for the sugar? Because God had a message for her. Oh, you don't get what I'm saying. Come on, let's celebrate Jesus. It's amazing, right? Even me, I'm excited. I'm like, ah! Because <laughs> that's, that's, that's God. Amen. Are you blessed you came to church? Shankom, no, I'm not. <laughs> he says prophesy. <laughs> Amen. Let's lift up our hands. Our time is gone. Amen. Father, we come to you. We love you, Lord. We see you, Lord. We know you move. We know you talk. And we know that you are in this place. In Jesus' name, we love you. Amen. God bless you so much. Amen. I want to do more, but <laughs> so, so I forgot, we announced that quiet time is tomorrow, but I forgot we said on the 17th, we start in quiet time, not tomorrow. Tess, please put it in a group that quiet time is not tomorrow. Quiet time is from the 17th when we start the fast. Yeah. God bless you guys so much. Won't you bless you? Want to say something? Yes.